Matt Step, do you ever feel like we just got done talking? It's weird. I do. I don't get it. Tap and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep Greg Tepper. And I'm your high school football first responder, Matt Stepp. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yes. Oh, it's really good. Thank you. you. Really, you kind of, yeah, I mean, that, that, that checks out. I mean, A, you're a hero. Yeah. B, <laughs> B yeah. you are, you are, you are usually going to places that nobody else wants to go. Yeah. The first responder. I mean, we, we are your high school football. F- that's a, I think that's our new motto here oh at Dave Campbell's God. Texas. We're your high school football first responders. <laughs> so, I have rid- friend- so ridiculous. I, have, I, I don't know. I have, fr- I have friends who are cops and I think I have a buddy who's a firefighter. I feel like that's like <laughs> bastardizing the term a little bit, but hey, why not? Yeah, it's exactly right. It, it, it got a laugh, it, it, and hopefully, you and the podcast uh, enjoyed that. Check, yes. checkmate. Uh, all right, this is your week fifteen, the hopefully first and only week fifteen preview edition of Tep and Step. Because I got to be honest, if we got to go through this nonsense again. Yeah, and reevaluate some things. Yeah, yeah. it's we made it. We we've made it to the end of the regular season. Yes, we have. Duh. And and okay, this is this is the portion of the podcast where we we thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. And we're gonna and take we, a dump on the entire week. <laughs> we're we're uh look we we are nothing if not honest on this yes podcast. would you yes. agree that's the one thing we are on this podcast yeah. is honest we, we tell, don't we try to tell it like it is we don't we don't as people would say we don't bullsh you know yeah. we uh we we tell you like it is and this week in in 6a and 5a high school football is among the most lackluster weeks like slates of games i think i've ever seen yeah and part of the big part of it is is 31 percent of the teams um are 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 off which is an absurdly large number even even in the usual normal bye weeks that we have during the season there's there's like 15 percent that are off yeah 31 percent and then you add in the fact that of the game a good portion of the games that are being played are highly incompetent like I'm, I'm going to throw out a game that was played last night. You know, Lo- yeah. love Irving Nimitz and Richardson Burtner. Love them. But that game had zero impact on the playoffs. So there's right. a, you, you add in that percentage of the games that have no playoff impact. And you're left with a very, very small portion of games that hold intrigue. Let's, let's put it this way. Okay. So I've got our computer rankings up right now. And of the top 31 teams in our computer rankings, 31 teams, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 are not playing. Okay. North Shore, Westlake, Lake Travis, Arlington Martin, Bridgeland, Geyer, Doss, Pearland Dawson, Alvin Shadow Creek, Cy Fair, Sybil of Steel, Dickinson, Cy Ranch, Clear Springs, Midland Lee, all not playing. Okay. Like it's just, it's one of those things. Now, now, here's another, I mean, if you want to be glass half full guy, you could say, well, they built in COVID weeks. 
they didn't need the COVID week. That is a net positive. Yes, it is a net. It is a net positive. Um, it's just you know now that it we're doesn't here help this, this week. Yeah, now that we're at this week, it's like boy, this is you know really sucks. So, but there are. I mean, I mean, let's let's be honest. I'm looking at the schedule. I'm looking at the schedule. Like, be real honest. Oh my gosh, dude! Did you not preview Denton Ryan and and Frisco Lone Star in your preview? I didn't know because I think Denton Ryan's going to win by four touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, so so honestly, <laughs> right now, right now, right now, I'm I'm dead serious. How many? Because there are, I can I can pull this up actually. I can tell you how many how many games there are this week in six A and five A. In six A and five A, there are 177 games this week. Okay, 177 wow. games. Yeah. How many? And by the way, a few of those have already happened. Like Rockwall played last night. Mm-hmm. Um, of those 177, how many are you like? All right, I'm going to keep an eye on this one. I want to. I want to see what happens. Mm, maybe, maybe 20. I mean, and and the thing is, I think in a lot of other sports you'd be like 20 games. Like that's an incredible thing. It's like we're just spoiled in Texas mm-hmm. high school football because mm-hmm. normally the answer is about like 70. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's it's just, it's a tough week, but hey, you know what? We get through this week and then, you know, we get to the weekend and then we have of course, you know, now we have to wait until Monday for complete playoff brackets, but you know. Oh. Yeah, well, I so I mentioned this on TFT, but we should probably get into this. Um because you know, you guys are probably going to log on to texasfootball.com Saturday night because you're nerds because you're listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be like, you. "All right, I want to pull up the, I want to pull up the playoff brackets for 6A and 5A." And we'll have something up, mm-hmm. but we will not be able to do complete brackets, at least at the 6A ranks, until Monday Monday night, um, because the because of the UIL's um, extension. Yes, yeah, so the UIL gave um, District Four 6A an extension to play uh, Tim for Timber Creek to make up uh, one the game that they lost due to they were out for COVID. Um, against Keller. So Timber Creek and Eaton, who were scheduled to play in, on Friday night, moved their game up to Wednesday this week. So Timber Creek and Eaton are playing tomorrow. Uh, we're recording this podcast at 3.15 on Tuesday. Uh, so, so Timber Creek and Eaton are going to play tomorrow, um, which will be Eaton's regular season finale. And then Timber Creek will turn around and on Monday play Keller um, in their regular season finale. And the reason why is because that game potentially could have major impacts on who gets the fourth playoff spot in that district. Um, so uh, I'm being told that, you know, you know, Hendrickson and Leander were supposed to play last night. Uh, that game did not happen. Uh, I know the 11-5A Division One District Executive Committee is actually meeting while we're on the podcast. So there is a possibility that that Hendrickson – um, Leander game could get played tomorrow, and then that would force Hendrickson and Pflugerville's game, which was scheduled for Saturday, to get moved to Monday as well. So we could have another game on Monday, uh, potentially, that would cause the 5A Division One bracket to not be completed as well. Right. And so, and, and that's the other thing that's worth mentioning, is this is a situation where, like, the the UIL setting the precedent that they're saying, oh, okay, well, in this in this situation, if you ask us for an extension to district certification, we will give it to you. That's not a huge deal 
if it's just one district. If it's just because they want to get the Keller game in, like, okay, fine. Like, dealsies. That's okay. But where I'm going with it is I wonder if we're going to be having a conversation in two days about how there are now seven districts across all four of the brackets that are going to have to wait till Monday. And we're not going to, we're basically not going to be able to put any sort of finalized brackets mm-hmm. together until Monday night. Yeah. Hopefully that's not the case. Even if it's just one or two, we can put something up. Um, but yeah, I think it's, if it starts to get more than that, we're probably not going to be able to put anything up. So fingers crossed that everyone gets through this week's games. Um, okay. And we can have the majority of the brackets posted sometime. Uh, Probably Saturday. I would think maybe around midnight, you know, eleven thirty midnight Saturday. Um, since I'll be at a game Saturday evening, but um, yeah. we'll try to we'll try to knock it all out. It should be easier than the four A three A's because, luckily, in the six A five A's, you know, with home field advantage, you know where most of the games are going to be. Yeah, so that helps a little bit. Well, and that's another. So that's that's one other thing that's I think going to be interesting and something I've been thinking about. I wonder because we're going to get into our our. Our truncated game draft here. Yeah, we've shortened it this week because it's a shortened uh, slate. um, But I do wonder, because I mentioned there's 177 games or whatever this week in 6A5A. Um, I wonder if you're going to see games not happen. Well, like Duncanville and Waxahachie. Yeah. I mean, I don't believe. There's apparently no outbreak. But there's yeah. like, yeah, wow. there's no, you know, and really DeSoto and Duncanville the week before. I mean, to my knowledge, DeSoto never stopped practicing. So, yeah, I mean, because, oh, well, and that's the thing is that like at this point, like this is going to sound like scaremongery and, and I don't mean it that way. If you go play a game, that's a risk for a lot of different reasons. It's mm-hmm. always a risk of like injury or whatever, but it's also a risk of like having contact and, and, you know, and, 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 and contracting the, the, the virus and stuff like that. And so like, for example, I, I look at a game like, um, okay. Flower Mount Marcus is supposed to play Plano East. Mm-hmm. Okay. That game has no implication whatsoever, except maybe Plano East can win a game. Yeah. Marcus is locked into their division two top seed and they're the district champ. So, there, you know. I mean this. I mean this in a nice way because I like. I don't mean this disrespectfully to to either Marcus or Plano East, but like, there's no real purpose for that game to happen. And and I wonder. I do wonder if you're going to start seeing maybe like Wednesday, a flood of just. I wouldn't even call them cancellations because that's too strong of a word. But like, just be like, uh, nah, we're not going to do it. Like, yeah. practice all week and stuff like that, just so you're getting the, you know. But then, you know pull the plug at the last second or something like that. Yeah. I, wonder. I mean, I, I think a lot of people are gun shy because they saw how many by district cancellations that we had mm-hmm. in, in four, a through two, a, uh, I think it was, it was 13, I think in four, a through two, a by district cancellation. So and there were um, six man games too. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, now thankfully we only had a couple of area games, um, that were canceled and we had no, no cancellations in the regional semifinals. So mm-hmm. that's a positive thing, but I think they saw how many games got canceled and there. Yeah, I think it became a little more real as far as that goes. So, you know, I think there's going to be a lot more caution this week than normal. Yeah, I think so. So anyway, there's that. Let's talk about a couple of other things. Sure. Uh, let's talk about games. We're not going to talk about. Um, let's talk about maybe the biggest, let's talk about the biggest game last week, which was uh, Buta Hayes 
and 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 they pull out a come from behind win over Austin Bowie. We were following that game in the slack slow, so close on Friday afternoon. So while while chaos is going on in class 3A division 1 with Malakoff and Brandy <laughs> going at it and Brock getting upset by Jim Ned, we're also talking about Buda Hayes and Austin Bowie and and Ish at one point got in the slack and just typed in goad in all caps because Hayes was coming <laughs> Back. It's just the most dorky high school football thing ever that, that, you know, two, for lack of a better term, average teams were generating so much interest from us because of the implications of, of Hayes uh, officially eliminating Austin Bowie. And then also um, Austin High knocking off Del Valley um, means for the for the 6A playoff race. And that's Austin Westlake's going to be Division One, And that really changes the dynamics of the division two bracket, um, but also the dy- dynamics in division one in region four, because now, you know, Westlake and Lake Travis are going to, one of them's not going, at least one of them will not be advancing to the semifinals because they're going to have to play each other at some point if they advance. Right. Um, so Westlake, and we'll talk a lot about that. I bet next week we'll do a bracketology episode for the 6A and 5A brackets. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe like a mini draft or something like, I don't know. We'll call them something <laughs> Um, we'll do our normal nonsense, but, um, that, that obviously like I am, I am a lot more interested in what this means for the division two bracket than I necessarily am for the division one. To me, division one was a loaded bracket that then now just gets more loaded. Division two now becomes a bracket that is like, at least on the right side of the bracket is like functionally just a battle royale of of anybody's ball game there yeah yeah now we got we've got one game that we'll probably talk about that has some implications in the division two side the right side of the bracket division two but if that game goes a certain way then it's really just a you know a a major shoulder shrug i don't know any any one of these teams could advance um but if that game goes the other way then i think we have a we have a clear favorite on the right side of the bracket it's um that's the that's the fun part about this week is you get these real this is basically one giant hipster week as we're trying to find games to talk about and and the real deep cuts that that bring out high school football nerddom really come into play because what in what other year would you care about two a two and three versus one and four team in district play mattering so much to the entire statewide playoff picture And we're talking about Seven Lakes and Cinco Ranch. Yeah, we'll talk about them. I presume that's going to be one of your draft picks. Uh, (laughs) Well, we can just talk about it then. If it's not going to be one of your draft picks. Yeah, yeah, you know, if Seven Lakes – so Seven Lakes is two and three. Cinco Ranch is one and four in district. These are two um, highly average football teams, to say the least. Let's put the numbers on it, okay? There are 256 teams, I want to say, 254 teams in 6A. Uh, Katie – uh, Seven Lakes ranks 148th, and Katie Cinco Ranch ranks 150, 185th. Yeah, so these so. are very middle of the pack teams. Yeah, if not lower than the middle of the pack teams. And now the implications are: is these two teams, in essence, are playing for the final playoff spot in KDISD. KDISD has three really good teams, and then four pretty average teams. Um, and the implication here is: if Seven Lakes beats Cinco Ranch and makes the playoffs. Then Katie moves in from the Division One bracket to the Division Two bracket, 
and instantly becomes the favorite on the right side of the Division II bracket. Because I think even though Katie, yes. Katie, this is not a vintage Katie team because of the the youth at quarterback. Um, still, it's still Katie. They're still really good. Um, they would be no worse than ten point favorites over anyone on the right side of the bracket. Yeah, so it just shows you kind of how that would change the dynamics of that side of the bracket. Where if Cinco Ranch wins, Cinco Ranch goes to Division Two, and Katie comes into goes into the Division One bracket actually as the number two seed behind Tompkins, who beat Katie and ended their district winning streak. So um, Cinco Ranch and Seven Lakes is a massive game from a statewide perspective because of, of the implications on Katie and their playoff path. Right. So, and by the way, the way we project the six, a division one region three bracket without Katie would already include North shore, Tompkins, Atascacita, Pearland, Dawson, Cypher, Dickinson, Clear Springs. I mean, it's, it's normal, just absolute murderers row. Yeah. Like, I didn't even mention unbeaten Pasadena Adobe. Like just, it's a murderers row there. Division two, if 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 Katie is goes to Division One, according to the computer, the favorite out of Region Three would be Shadow Creek. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and then oh, you, you talked started talking about Region Four. Like right now, do Judson? I mean, it's Judson or Vandegrift, right? Yeah, Gotta Judson, be your favorite? Judson Vandegrift. Yeah, maybe you know Johnson kind of lost some lost Brennan. Maybe it's. Yeah. You know, it's kind of it's pretty wide open in, in Region Four. So, yeah, just you wait. Laredo Alexander is about to win Region Four. Um, it is a it th- that's the intrigue there. The intrigue really is. You're right. This is a real nerdy week. Mm-hmm. And if it was so, so all eyes are going to be on Cinco Ranch and Katie or Katie Seven Legs. Um, two teams that are sorry, uh, my phone was ringing. I didn't turn my ringer off. Two teams that like like how like this is the most important game between a two and five and a one and six team maybe in Texas high school football history. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's that big. So all eyes will be on that going on. All right, let's get to our draft. As you can tell, we're kind of wasting time. We are because um, it's not a great week, uh, but you know, not a great week, guys. We're gonna we're only gonna do two rounds of the draft, so four games total. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, this is our um, this is the, uh, the the game draft where we go back and forth selecting games we are most interested in. Once it's picked, it's off the board. We had a coin flip before the show. I won the coin flip, and as a result, I get pick one one of this draft. So of course, I get this week that I get the, that one one pick. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna go with the game you didn't even bother to preview. Okay. Um, I'm gonna take seven o'clock Friday at Ch Collins uh, Athletic Complex in Denton as the Denton Ryan Raiders take on the Frisco Lone Star Rangers. And it's a top, I mean, look, it's a top 10 matchup in 5A Division I. Um, and it is theoretically, not theoretically, it is for the district title in in that in that district in, in what is what, 5A five, five, Division I? Um, right. Yeah. Um, did I get that right? 5A five, 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 Division I. 5 5. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I was thinking about the other so tiebreaker scenarios the- in that district behind that. Yeah. Yeah, it's weirdo. Um, but there are. Uh, this was a game that I think when the district alignments were drawn up, uh, we were immediately interested in. Um, and I think that it lost a little bit of starch uh, because of what happened the first two weeks, which is that Frisco Lone Star just didn't look good. And most especially, they did not look good defensively. Their defense 
which which was the very secret strength of their team last year was their mm -hmm. defense. Everyone paid attention to what Marvin Mims was doing and Garrett Rangel, and I get it. He was awesome. He was the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year, if you don't remember. But their defense was really like the driving force behind their dom. It's really underrated well, last year. Right. Early, like first two games, North Forney and Alito. Now, I would say two wins that have or two losses that have aged pretty well. But yeah. nonetheless, they gave up 34 points in each of those games and lost. The defense has gotten better. Uh, in fact, they've given they're giving up fewer than 14 points in their last five games. Uh, all wins. Uh, and let's also remember that these two teams have a history. Ryan was what like this was this was a state semifinal that we were really interested in last mm -hmm. year. And Ryan came out and just bludgeoned bodied. Yeah, his they, bludgeoned Lone Star. They bodied them. I mm -hmm. mean, they 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 you know, it was it was ugly. It was ugly. They made Frisco Lone Star look average, is what they did. Um and look, I think that this is a, I think this is a good Lone Star team. I don't know if it's a great Lone Star team. I think they can go out there and prove it on Friday because I know that this is a great Ryan team. Like I know it is. Yeah, so I talked to Jeff Rayburn a little bit today and uh, he told me that on the Denton Ryan defense is the best defense he's ever coached against in high school football. Wow. That's yeah. great. He said he goes He played he, he goes, played against Cedar Park in the title game. Yeah, he said this is the best defense I've ever had to coach against. So I think that gives you some yeah, some I mean look uh, a frame of reference there for for this Denton Ryan defense. Yeah, they're I mean they've got like eight or nine Division one guys on defense. I mean you're going it's it's just brutal. Um, yeah. Denton Ryan is the the clear favorite uh, um, to not only win this game and win, but win the state title. I mean it's 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 now or never for them. I think that's right. Um, the one thing I will say. And I think that this this is the the, the guy that goes if, if you can be underrated on Denton Ryan, then Kiori Hicks has found a way to be underrated on Denton Ryan. The fact that they've been able to get that running game going yeah. is like fright frightening. Frightening. Um how do you stop look, the offense? This, this is a Denton Ryan team that you I mean, that's the thing. Uh, like let's say you let's say you're able to score twenty four points on them, which would be really impressive. And Garrett Rangel is a great mm -hmm. quarterback, and, and and they've got weapons. I think Jaden Nix has stepped up in a big way. Maybe they get to, maybe they have a great game and they get to twenty four points. Right? I'm not sure how they hold them under thirty. You know, yeah. that's I mean, the thing they, is that this offense they, is so balanced. Well, and they've got the ultimate trump you know trump card in that you know they can just put Jatavian Sanders out there and just throw it up to him if we we get in trouble, and he'll he'll probably come down with it because he's a freak show. So it's it's a. It's an interesting game in the sense that it's a top ten game in five A Division One, and it's a great it's a great matchup in five A Division One. Do you need to go? No, it's just my nephew. He's doing online school, so he's you know <laughs> awesome. Yeah, um, he's eight, really so you know. Good, we're leaving that in. Um, I, I I like Ryan. I would be very interested to see what a Lone Star contention type game looks like mm -hmm. and if they can challenge him that's kind of what i'm more interested in is um you know if because that's i think there's an above average chance that ryan goes out there and just beats the snot out of lone star and if they do that it's a warning shot to five eight to region two at least and probably to the entire bracket so um 
I'm interested. I'll keep an eye on it on Friday night. I think we have a reporter there. Um, but I, I, I like Ryan at this one. Um, all right, Matthew, what is your first choice? I'm going to stay in 5A Division One, but I'm going to head west uh, on Thursday night at Bivens, Dick Bivens Stadium there in Amarillo as the Lubbock Coronado Mustangs take on the Amarillo Tascosa Rebels in a game that is straight up for the District 2 5A Division One title. So a lot on the line in this game, uh, and I think this is going to be our referendum on Region 1 um, and who, th- who the real favorite is in Region 1. Because I think you've got, with Denton Ryan moving over to Region 2 this year, you've got kind of a void of, of leadership there in, in Region 1 where who's going to kind of take the crown. And I think, you know, between Lubbock Coronado, Tascosa, Abilene Cooper, and Colleyville Heritage, you've got four uh, really strong contenders. But I think the winner of this game kind of emerges as the, as the lead contender. And we've been impressed with Lubbock Coronado all year. And last week, they did not disappoint. They roll past Lubbock Monterey 40-14. to 14. Um, Sawyer Robertson in that offense is just, just continues to hum. But I think, and I've said this on, on this podcast, the difference this year is the Lubbock Coronado defense. It is a really good defense this year. They hold Monterey to 14 points, but – you know, one touchdown comes on a punt return, and the other one came in garbage time uh, with less than two minutes remaining in the game. That's a big-time defensive performance against a really good Lubbock Monterey offense. If if Coronado's playing that kind of defense, it's going to be really tough for me to see anyone in Region 1 uh, touching them because they're going to score points with that offense and that guy uh, leading the way in Sawyer Robertson. Um Tascosa, we really don't – We it's hard to get a read on Tascosa because they haven't played – since November 12th, um, they beat Amarillo Caprock on the 12th, and then they, they're in a seven-team district, so their scheduled bye was on the week before Thanksgiving, and then the week of Thanksgiving, their game against Caprock, they earned a forfeit. Well, they didn't earn a forfeit. They, they were granted a forfeit win uh, because Caprock couldn't play due to COVID-19 protocols. And so now Tascosa comes in, and especially with the kind of offense that they run, are they going to be a little rusty? Are they going to be a little less sharp than normal? Um, because they haven't played in a couple of weeks. So uh, really interested to see kind of how that goes for Tascosa with an offense that, you know, um, has kind of gone in fits and starts this year. You know, Darius Sanders and Major Everhart are big-time weapons for this offense, but it's it's the quarterback position that's really the the, the key for, the, for that attack, mm-hmm. for that option-based offense. And and I think the, the guy that they put in at quarterback, he's filling massive shoes in Joseph Plunk, who graduated. Um, and I think he's been solid, but I just don't think the offense and the reads have been as crisp as they had, as we've gotten used to seeing with Tascosa in past years. And, and if they're not able to churn out yards and churn out first downs and keep their defense off the field, they become a real vulnerable team. And that's where I think Lubbock Coronado has the edge in this game. So that's uh, – here's a hot take. Are these the two best defenses in Region 1? They might be because, not, you know, Cooper and, and Colleyville are not known for big-time defense. I'll, I'll say that. They're more uh, offensive-centered teams. What I think is really interesting is I think there's a real argument, too, that both of these defenses match up – as far as their strength is concerned, against the other offense pretty well. Tascosa's strength, they have a pretty strong secondary. Their secondary, DJ Tatum and company, pretty strong in the secondary. Coronado's just got a great linebacker core, which is what you need to stop the flex bone. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is an interesting kind of chess match there. I do think you're right, though. I think that Coronado's big strike ability uh, and maybe able to hit a couple of big plays 
Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I think that there's this notion, especially uh, um, there may be some people out there who are like, oh, well, hey, the Flexbone, and, and, and you remember they, they were so explosive the past couple of years. Uh, and then, oh, man, Sawyer Robertson, I've heard of him, that, that big offense. I think there's this notion that people might think, if this is going to be a shootout, it's like, I, I, I think 30 points wins this game, man. I don't and- think... You know, with this, with the weather, it's cold. You know, it's it's going to be cold in Amarillo. You know, it's going to be really cold Thursday night in Amarillo. I'd be interested to see what the temperature is going to be at kickoff uh, in Amarillo Thursday night because this game is in Amarillo, and it's always about ten degrees colder in Amarillo, <laughs> Amarillo than it is in the rest of the state. And if the wind is blowing, that could really work into Tascosa's favor because they love to run the football so much. Right. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's interesting. So uh, that's a good pick, Coronado and Tascosa. For my second and final pick, because again, we're truncating this thing. For my second and final pick, I'm going to the only part of the state with an actual good group of games this week. All right. An actual legit group of games, solid group of games. Matt Stepp, let's go to Richard Flores Stadium in Edinburgh. 7.30 p.m. Friday night, District 31-6A, the title's on the line. As the unbeaten Edinburgh Vela Sabercats take on the unbeaten Mission Eagles in a straight up district title match. And depending how on how the rest of that district shakes out, the other two games of note there are PSJA North and Edinburgh North and Edinburgh and PSJA. Depending on how those shake out, this could be for Division 2 um seating yes it, it could be there's 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 a scenario where mission goes division one there's also a scenario where mission goes division two so um you know and, and that's so that that could potentially throw things off but these two teams um you know the, they haven't played a lot of games because of the truncated season in the valley and and, and you know i know that both both teams have been impact they lost a couple of, of non-zone games due to uh covid protocols but when they've played They've been pretty dominant. Both these teams have been equally dominant in both their games. And that's what's so interesting is simultaneously, I think these two teams are really mirror images of one another. And in the sense that I think they get good QB play, AJ Sotelo for, for Vela and Jeremy Duran for mission. Uh, and the mission coach you may have heard knows something about quarterbacks. He does um, a little bit, yeah. They have a pretty steady running game. And they have a terrific defense, like that's kind of what their calling card is. Furthermore, here's the other intrigue in this. The other intrigue in this is, oh, I can report now that I have a niece. She just she was just born. Oh, congratulations, Uncle Uncle Greg. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, um, and and uh, um, uh, cousin cousin Hank. Um, but the other thing about them is this is the first game they've played against a team that I think is in their weight class. For sure. Um, because, look, if you look at who they've played, let's see if I can pull this up real quick without making an idiot of myself. Uh, there we go. Okay. So Vela has played Mission Mission Vets, who's one and four. Economides, Edinburgh North, and Edinburgh. Okay. Um you know, they've 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 run through them pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Mission has played Edinburgh, PSJA, Mission Vets, and PSJA North. Like they like plain and simple, they're just better than those teams. Like yep. uh, you know, they just are. And so 
heading into the playoffs, they will finally take a punch. Like they will finally take a team, uh, get uh, play against a team that I think is in their weight class. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting game. I give the edge to Vela for two reasons. One being at home helps. Of course. Yeah. And two, they are the more veteran team. They are a team that's got the seniors. They are the team that's been around the block. Mission's still got a lot of youngsters they're relying on. And in a big game, I think in a, in a coin flip type game like this, those types of things, I think, give the edge uh, to Vela in this one. But I think it'll be a fantastic game, though. And I think it's going to oh, yeah. be really interesting. I think this is the game to watch in the Rio Grande Valley this week. Uh, uh, on a good slate in the Rio Grande Valley, yeah. this is the best game. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you're t- – are you taking a game in the Rio Grande Valley for your next one? No, no. I'm okay, going to San Antonio. Okay. Uh, and uh, Harlingen and Brownsville Hannah's a great game. Another district title game, District 32. Uh, that's a great game. Uh, McGowan Memorial Wessico East is a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, those are good. Uh, I, you know, you've even got, uh, let's see. Pioneer where, and Mercedes are playing yeah. for the, the D2 title in 16582. Right. I mean, there yeah. are a lot of really, really nice games. And then you've got uh, all the win in your end games, which are, you know, the, the second versus third games, which are straight up for the for playoff spots. So you've got uh, McAllen Rowe versus Brownsville, Brownsville Porter. Uh, Brownsville Pace versus McAllen. You've got uh, PSJ North Edinburgh North, like you said. You've got Mission Vets versus Ed Couch Elsa. So you've got some really good games uh, from against the, some of the better teams in the Valley going against each other with a lot on the line. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I think that is uh yeah I think that's that's it's a really really nice week in the Valley. If you're looking for one place that there's actually like a nice deep slate of games, then it's got to be there. That's got to be the the that's that's the center of like as far as depth is concerned in week fifteen. So. And you and you've got games you know Thursday, Friday, and Saturday with meaning because the, the, they're playing some games on Saturday this week. So right. Um, all right, my final game. Uh, I'm going to go to the San Antonio area and I'm going to go Friday night uh, there in Smith at, at Rutledge Stadium in Judson uh, in Converse as Smithson Valley takes on Converse Judson. In a game that where Judson is hoping they can wrap up the um, the district title in twenty seven six a, and I'll tell you what Judson after they they lost that season over to Desoto and, and and just got thoroughly you know basically they got their pants pulled down in front of the entire state in that season opener they quietly put together a nice run here and Rodney Williams squad has kind of figured some things out uh, and, and you know they they had some guys that were ruled ineligible and they had to change things up on the fly and they've gotten better each and every week and I thought last week their offense was running at peak efficiency as they just hammered San, uh, their arch rival Wagner uh, in the Hammer Bowl 63 to 34 um, we all know about running back DeAnthony Lewis. He's got the big-time Division One offers. He's a big-time player. Uh, but their quarterback, junior quarterback Michael Burrows, is really starting to come along uh, and give that the Rockets that real element of a passing game that, that can make them a real dangerous team come playoff time. Dude, I think Judson um, – I'm starting to get that feeling, man. Like, they are – they look – so like I think maybe it's maybe it's because like I I put too much stock in that opening season law or opening uh, week loss or their first game to DeSoto where they really got hammered. But dude, of late, that is a team you do not want to face. No, they're playing really good football right now, and I think you know depending on how the brackets go, I think they're the favorite in Region Four. And if the brackets go go better for them, they could be the uh, a, a real contender to go to the state champion and be the 
you know, San Antonio's had a real drought of teams going to AT&T Stadium, and, and Judson could be the one that ends that drought. Um, Smith Valley is a good team. They're six and two. They're they're four and two on the year. Um, you know, losses to um, believe they lost to they lost to Steel last week, fourteen to ten. And they dropped one, uh, believe to Wagner as well. So, I mean, Larry Hill's got a good ball club. They're always solid. You know what to expect from the Smith Valley. But the the offense last week, the lack of offense, really concerns me going into the playoffs. Um, losing to Steel fourteen to ten. That's not a this isn't a vintage Steel defense by any means, and for for Smithson Valley to only score 10 points in that game um, is a bit concerning, especially when you're looking at their playoff path, which includes a, you know, a first round game against San Antonio Reagan. And if they can get past Reagan, who's really playing good football right now, they're looking at Austin Westlake in the second round. So they got to get it going or, or it's going to be real ugly in the playoffs for Smithson Valley. Yeah. You know, one thing about them and, and again, yeah, Larry Hill's a legend and, and, he needs no introduction at this point. My concern for them is I think their defense is ferocious, right? You guys got, got guys like Trey Moore and Jalen Nutt back there and, and, and Gary Brooks. They got playmakers. Um, but if they don't play, like if they don't hold their opponent under like 24 points, I don't think they have a plan B. Like that's my concern about Smithson Valley mm-hmm. is their this defense is defense, not great. defense shows up exactly. They just don't like like there's you know that like one of the things that that we really we really appreciate is that is like for truly great teams if they can beat you in a couple different ways. Hey, if the defense has an off day, don't worry, we got this. Right, we can we can we can go out there and we can get into a shootout. Smithson Valley basically has to win games like they won against like New Braunfels, which was twenty one nothing. Or they go out there and they beat, you know, it's like they, the, the game they lost to Wagner, right? 27-24. I think it's a perfect encapsulation of, like, you should be able to score a little bit more than that. The fact that you're not able to yeah, concerns me a little bit. So, I agree, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's an interesting game there in the San Antonio. I mean, it's it, obviously, like, it's two it's two, uh, two pedigreed programs. Two, two name kind of, programs for sure. Yeah, two legacy programs there in San Antonio. So, there you go. There's your Texas high school football draft. Uh, I took Denton Ryan Frisco, Lone Star, and Edinburgh Vale Mission. Seb took Lubbock Coronado, Amarillo Tascosa, and Smithson Valley Converse Judson. I can tell you, because I had a call today, where we are sending our reporters for five. Let's see if I can find this. Okay. Uh, Thursday, Katie Engelson will be at Globe Life Park for Gunner and Eastland. Oh, Katie drew the Thursday game. She did. Uh, Paige Schnorbach will be at the Alamo Dome on Friday afternoon uh, for Shana Refurio. Nice. Uh, do you know where Pickle's going? Did she tell you this? Uh, yeah, I saw the tw- Twitter graphic. Uh, she's going to com- she's going to AM Commerce. She is. She's going to Cato Mills and Gilmer. She asked me today. She's like, "Can Cato Mills win that game?" I was like, "Man, absolutely. Maybe. Mm-hmm. You know." And by the by the way, let me see if I can get you. And I know this is six eight five eight podcast. Do you think the winner of Region Two is going to be the favorite over the winner of Region One? In four A Division Two. Yeah. Yes. I think so too. Mm-hmm. I think like so. You're talking about like I think Kettle Mills has a has a shot. I don't think they're the favorite. I think they're the underdog, but I don't think they're some sort of like thirty point underdog. If they win that game, we could see foxes in the title game. Let's foxes on fox. Let's go. Uh, Whitley Pleasant will be at Bosqueville and Crawford. Okay, it's in Waco. Waco yeah. midway. Yeah. Um, Katie Engelson will then get the double dip. She is going to go seven o'clock. Uh, in uh, I don't even know where's where's Columbus and Hellettsville. Uh, it's at Bastrop. 
Bastrop. Okay. Mm-hmm. Columbus and Hallettsville, part two. Uh, Lauren Blackwell will be at Denton Ryan and Frisco Lone Star. Sarah Merrifield will be at Carthage in China Spring, which we talked about on the podcast earlier mm-hmm. today. Paige Schnorbach will then go from the Alamo Dome, uh, stay in the greater San Antonio area, go to Geronimo Navarro and Wimberley. Then Bernie, okay. Bernie. And then Austin Ivan will be at Wascom and Elysian Fields. Ah, at Lobo Stadium. Elysian Fields might be the the most under-the-radar regional finalist in the state. They haven't been talked about much, and they've, they already beat Wascom once. So. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, um, very quietly, very good. Anyway, so there's that. And I am back in the studio. In fact, I'm back in, I'm back in the studio. The whole crew's back. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I, get out of, uh, I, I get out of quarantine. And then, of course, uh, Craig Way has to go to Kansas for because uh, uh, 11 a.m. kick for K-State. Oh, darn. So we don't get the whole crew back, but we'll – We're close. Yeah. Getting closer. Getting closer. All right, that's going to do it for us. Look at that. We did 40 minutes on a, on a week. <laughs> we like on a to week hear <laughs> – Call the text line and tell us how we like to hear ourselves talk. Yeah, man, absolutely. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Step, I mean this very sincerely. Thank you for your courage. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week.